Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'! Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Joining us today, we have a legend. He's from NCIS, Greenleaf, NBA 2K, and countless others. My bro, Ty White. What's up, bro? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm all right, man. Thanks again for coming on. So before we jump into um, NBA 2K and all that, I just want to talk about, like, how did you get started acting? Like, when did the acting bug bite you? It was pretty early on, man. I, I used to, like, write screenplays and stuff when I was, that was terrible, but I used to write screenplays okay. and stuff when I was a teenager. And um, I always knew I was going to go after it because after I like, like I hooped and I was pretty, pretty decent at that, but um, I wasn't good enough to like play in the league or nothing, but I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Once I knew that that was going to come to an end, I really realized I was like, I had to chase my other passions, man. So like I used to write little screenplays, like I mentioned before, and then I just decided to go out here and go after it, move to LA and go after it. Cause at the end of the day, I was like, I can either, you know, spend my life regretting and wishing and trying and that I never tried or I could try at least see. And um, it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, I'm glad, ultimately, I'm glad that I, I gave it a go. Who are some actors that you looked up to growing up? Man, that list is so long. I got, like, favorites, like, all-time favorites, and then I have, like, current favorites. So, like, like I mean, you can always go in the, in the mm -hmm. Denzel bag. You can always go into, um, you know, Will Smith, Denzel, Morgan Freeman. All those guys, uh, Rob De Niro, Al Pacino. Like, I'm a big fan of De Niro, man. Like, I, I even met De Niro, and I was like, I, I approached him and I said, um, "Man, you probably hear this all the time, but you are like the greatest actor." He was like, "I do, I do." <laughs> like, he couldn't even deny. It. He was like, "Yeah, I, I do hear it all the time, but thank you anyway." So it was just funny how he delivered that to me. And um, so, like, I, I, I got my favorites. So those are some of some of my all time favorites. Uh, Jamie Foxx, too. He's another one. He's so versatile. I can't wait until the Tyson movie or series finally goes because I just know he's going to kill that. And then I have my current favorites, too. Some some of Jonathan Majors. There's some people that like my contemporaries, people that are in my age group that I look at them. I'm like, man, they're dope. They're really good. And I just get excited for whatever projects they got coming up next. You mentioned Jamie Foxx versatility. If they ever come out with like a movie based on Kobe Bryant, I think he'll be a good actor to kind of like pay oh, Kobe man. At at one of the stages of his life to me kobe is my guy like that's that's my guy like he was uh i was heartbroken i still am heartbroken he's the like you know you hear about when like michael jackson died prince died like i was fans of theirs but i wasn't like hurt hurt i was like dang mj died oh dang prince died that sucks but i kept it moving 
But when Kobe died, man, it was like the world like just stopped. I was like, I see what everybody else when they're like their hero dies. It was like literally, I was like, what? I had to like gather myself and shed many tears, man. Like I knew the man. So, um, but yeah, circling back what you said, uh, like Jamie would be dope. They're probably gonna have to find somebody like they might want the same actor through the whole thing. So they're gonna have to find somebody that's like right in that age group that can play young, but when they grow the facial hair, they can get old. So mm-hmm. they'll probably, I mean, he he'll have a hair, hell of a movie though. Hell of a movie. No doubt, man. So like before you made the transition to acting, um, like what was the tipping point for you that made you quit, you know, you're nine to five and like and you gave it your all towards acting? It was uh actually a conversation with one of my best friends. I was on the phone. I worked at Chase Bank. I was on the phone with him and he was in New York and I was about to take a job in New York and we just had a conversation. And he was like, man, only like 40 more years till we retire because he was like 21, maybe 22. He's like, people retire at 62. He's like, yeah, only 40 more years till we retire. And I'm like, damn, is that what people really do? And I'm not trying to like, you know, you know, belittle anyone's careers or, or make anyone feel like less than. But if I'm 20 years old, in my 20s, early 20s, and I'm already looking forward towards retirement, I just, I just felt like that was no way to live life. Like where I've already lived. I mean, there's one thing to plan towards retirement, saving and things like that. But when you're actually looking forward to retirement so I don't have to work anymore, I was like, that's like, over half of my life left. I'm 20 and I'm looking for the next 40 to go by so I can just get out of it. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that, man. So I went after it and I was like, I got to do something differently because at the end of the day, I can circle back if it didn't work out. But um, I'm too hard headed to quit. Like I just don't have quit in me. So I was never going to quit. So I just knew this was my path. So when you make a decision on a role to take, like what's the most important aspect of the part that you're looking for? Originally, it was versatility. Like I wanted to play roles that are like, like all over the place. So, and it's still some of that now. Um, so, like Greenleaf was one role, then NBA Two K is another role, then NCIS is another role, then uh, People vs OJ was something else. So it's like it was like I, I like the versatility just to show that I'm not. I, I don't want to allow myself to be sorry about that. I live by the airport, so airplanes fly over. I, I didn't want to be boxed in, and I still don't want to be boxed in. But ultimately, now I'm looking to have at this stage of my career, I'm looking to have fun, like fun. And not to say the other roles aren't fun, but they come with a lot of like uh, research. If they're not me, and then, like P versus OJ, I had to go in a deep bag of like did Jason Simpson do it and start playing with that. And is my dad covering for me? It's not necessarily what I think, but that was one of the uh, theories about it. Then uh, Greenleaf was something else. So I wanted to join my next project, America Auto, is like is a straight up office comedy. And I'm like, and that's also versatility too, because people haven't seen me do comedy yet. So they don't know um, that I have that in, in you know, in my, in, my ver- in my range too. So yeah, man, it's a combination of versatility and fun, man. It's just going to work on this new project that I, I think it won't premiere until like February. It's a new series on NBC, but it, uh, it's it's just fun going to where everybody there is talented. Everybody there is funny as hell, man. And we just laugh all day. So, like, I really wanted to just have, like, fun. I was like, let me just, like, get into the fun part. And then the projects I do in between that, I'll probably nitpick and try to really dig into some uh, specialty stuff that I wanted to show my range. Do you feel that the biggest dilemma that most actors or actresses have is the writing when it comes to, like, selecting a movie or a TV role? I mean, it's not a dilemma. It's just 
it's the ultimately it's the vision of the showrunner and the writers bring the showrunners. So showrunners person for those that might watch that don't know, it's the person that created the show and has the map outline of the show that's gonna come out, how it's gonna outline over three seasons, five seasons, whatever. And writers, there's writers in a room because the showrunner doesn't write every episode, he'll write some, but there's writers in those rooms that bring that showrunner's ideas to life. Um, so I won't say it's limiting, it's just that um, as an actor, you are nothing but the paint. You are, you, you are not the, the painter, you are not the brush, you are nothing but the paint. So your job is to literally tell the story that they, they want to tell. And sometimes you can have situations where you, um, you know, they might take some of your suggestions and things that you bring up or you might give them ideas and they might incorporate it. But ultimately, uh, like I said, you are just the paint. You are you are not the brush. You have no control over anything. Uh, unless, of course, you're like the rock or, you know, those guys. I'm sure if they say they don't want to do something or they think you should go this way, then they're going to listen. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're just climbing up in the, in the, in the, um, in the world of acting, you, you know, you, like I said, you just the, you're just the paint. And who are some of the best writers that you work with? Ryan Murphy was amazing, man. As you can see, Ryan Murphy is creative uh, uh, people versus OJ, but he has all the FX stuff, American Horror Story, Ratchet. Like, there's, there's so many. I, like, I can't even. Screen Queens is another one. He has a whole Netflix body of work. Um, so, like, like he's uh, Nip Tuck was really one of my favorite shows. Like back in the day, it's like in the early two thousands, and that's even before I knew who he was. So working with him was like a big, big honor. He's probably one of the best writers and showrunners I've, I've worked with. Um, the showrunner for our new new show, American Auto, Justin Spencer. Um, he's he's written and was one of the producers on The Office. And then he also created Superstore. And he's just genuinely nice. Like, I, I can't say that about many people that I've encountered in this business. And I'm not saying everybody's an asshole, but like his spirit is just calm and just nice and genuine so like it's just a pleasure to go to work with him it's a pleasure to collaborate with him um so like those are two that come to mind off rip um billy woodruff is a director that i work with he's not a writer but he's just a director um i work with on drumline and he was drumline too he was um he's he's still my my friend so like he's somebody that stands out to me too he's he's amazing can you talk about um like greenleaf and what was it like working with that crew the the cast was amazing, man. I made some lifetime long friends in there. Joy, uh, Deborah Joy Wine is still like we didn't even know each other before this, and um, like uh, we got tight, man. We're both from Detroit. We didn't even know each other, so like uh, like that's my sister. I'm I'm tight with her husband. Um, we always go on double dates. Her her husband, my wife, we 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 hang out. She announced it and I knew for for a while now, but they, she's expecting. And I just had a little girl myself. So like our little kids gonna be playing together. Um, Lamont Rucker, um, that's my big bro, man. Like, love that dude. Merle, like Lynn is like above it, like all of them, they all came to my wedding. Um, yeah, most of them came to my wedding. So like the whole cast is like I have nothing but the most positive experience to speaking of, of, of them. They're they're just literally amazing oprah oprah you know always mm -hmm. just just the lady she the queen man so like and 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 you know there carla there was one of the producers behind the scenes carla was amazing so yeah man is it's it's uh it was a i made some lifelong friends on that project 
Did you audition for like other roles besides Kevin or was it just always Kevin for you? No, I, I originally auditioned for uh, Lamar Rucker's role and um, they decided they wanted to go a little older because they were like mix, mixing and matching and trying to figure out. So I, I, I tested for that, but they decided that they wanted to go a little older. And ultimately, they made the right choice. I mean, Lamar killed it. Lamar is Lamar. Mm -hmm. so, um, and then um, they asked me if I wanted to audition for Kevin. I was like, yeah, I'd do it. And I did it and ended up getting it. You know, did the role of Kevin help expand your range as an actor? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I found it very uh, uh, enlightening, informative. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I found myself like asking, again, airplanes, I found myself asking questions. Um, like uh, one of my good friends from acting class, like I really had to ask him how was his experience coming out. So it gave me some, some, um, some understanding so and some parameters on how to try to approach the role. Um, so like, that's my boy too, uh, my, my good friend, uh, Felipe, like he really, really enlightened me on like his experience and like how I could kind of try to tap into that to bring some type of authenticity to the role. Did playing that role kind of like soften your stance or kind of like open up your eyes to some of the struggles that the gay community kind of go through? I won't say it softened up my stance because I was always an ally, man. So like, I, I, I don't think it ever, I don't think you take on that role if you're not an ally. Um, so it, it, I, I don't think it ever softened my stance. Like I said, my my boy, that's my boy is Felipe. Like that's my man, so he, he's, he's of the LBGT community. So um, so I, it, it never really, I say softened my stance. I've always been somebody that, um, Live and let live. I literally uh -huh. do not care who you're sleeping with. So like, it's none of my damn business. Mm -hmm. So I don't care. So, um, um, yeah, I can't. I can't say that it softened the stance. And then I like, I embrace the love that I that I received from the community. Most of it was love. Some people were a little upset that I wasn't part of the. You know, when they found out I had a wife, or at that time, might have been my girlfriend. Um, some people were upset and I get it. So I, I, and I think reflecting upon that, that story may have been told better than somebody that truly lived it. Um, so I do understand the, the frustrations with that, but most of, most of the time it's been love. Rick Fox, he's in Greenleaf with you. Like in your opinion, is he like the best ball player turned actor? Um, best ball player turned actor. I gotta think who else is in it. Tony Gonzalez is 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 a football player, so I, I feel like there's another one that's pretty good. I don't. I want to give it to Rick, but I feel like there's one so somebody else that's like up there. That's uh, did they have to did they have to play in the league? Because there's some people that play like college or like you know uh, um, high school that are like nice that are like actors now. Like is it like uh, what's his name? Uh, Dizel's son. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, John John David John David yeah. Washington. Like he, he was a college football player, and he's dope. Uh -huh. So like, if you're talking about only people that played in the league, then then Rick might be it, and I'm gonna give Rick the nod. But like, I feel like there's a few play few people that were like college athletes that are like pretty damn good at actors now. So I, I, no shade to Rick, like no shade to Rick, but I feel like there's <laughs> there's others that are like right up there. Do you think people will kind of remember Rick more for his NBA career or or his or his acting because to like my generation, I just know him as the ball player. And to like the current generation now, they just know him 
as the actor. I think it just the, like like you said, you took my answer right out of, right out of my mouth. I, I would say it all depends on what generation you are. To me, he's always he was a star small forward for, with uh, Kobe and Shaq. Like that's mm-hmm. that's who he was to me. Um, and I and it's taking time to see him as an actor, but my association with him, if someone says Rick Fox, I think of him in the Lakers jersey. So like it's not like oh. You know, word association. Then you think of like, oh, Greenleaf, Rick Fox, Greenleaf. So it just depends on what generation. I think even yeah. older generation, a lot of the the uh, the women still associate him with basketball, even if they weren't sports fans. Or or Vanessa Williams because they was married for a while. So that whole thing, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm surprised Rick hasn't done like a hoop movie. Like he has so many movies under his belt, but like I'm really surprised he didn't do like a movie like He Got Game or like something like that. Well, I actually did a short with Rick um, shortly after uh, first season of Greenleaf, or is it second? First or second season of Greenleaf? Like I, I um, there was a short that where he played the coach, and I was like one of the players. So it uh, it got in um, some festivals too. It did pretty well. Really nice director too. Um, but uh, so he hasn't done anything as far as I know of that's um, you know big broad like hoop movies but that doesn't mean it's coming i mean his 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 is probably coming it's probably in the works since he was the coach in the short film um did he kind of like go like nba on you guys or did he like just stick to the script basically i mean he stuck to the script but he definitely improv and, and gave us some of his nuances of what really happens in nba level practices so it was it was um it was dope like rick, rick is very i mean he played in the league he got some championships and he can act. So you bring all that together, you should have a very authentic performance. There's so many hoop movies that's been coming out, you know, over the last few years. Um, to me, He Got Game will always be king. But what's your favorite hoop movie? For me, man, see, He Got Game is up there. That's probably like two or three. But number one for me is White Man Can't Jump. And it's, it's only because they Woody and Wesley really look like they could hoop. And they, I, I read something... Mm-hmm. Um, like recently or not too recently, a few years back that Wesley actually learned how to play basketball like a couple weeks before. He was just a great athlete so he could sell it enough on movies, which a lot of times they can't. And I used to watch that movie every before every bas- basketball game in high school and college. So like, it was just my, it was my go-to, man. I, I literally love that, love that film. Man. I recently saw Hoosiers for the first time and um, like, I really think I can beat those dudes. Yeah, man. Like a lot of times the basketball <laughs> movies, they they look that's one of my it's my pet peeve man I hate basketball movies where they don't look like they can hoop like and you can obviously tell they can't hoop or they or they zoom in on their face when they're supposed to be dribbling it's like clearly this guy can't hoop so you focus on those facial expressions um, that that's real and also I was just talking about this recently there was an episode of Dave on FX the show called Dave on FX uh, little Dicky is the the lead in it there was a basketball scene in the second season. It's, it's epic, man. It's the first time I've ever seen, like, real basketball. Like, it looked real basketball. So the cinematographer, director, everybody knew how to shoot it. So they looked like they really knew how to hoop. And come to find out, little Dickie and his scene partner, I can't, I don't know the dude's name. Both of the actors in there, they're really, I asked a friend, and they're, they're both, they both can hoop. So, like, that's why I came off so authentic. But if, if you're a fan of basketball and you want to see an authentic basketball scene, I would say check that out. You know, there's so many hoop movies, but there's also um, the video games. And you was 
the main character in last year's NBA 2K. What was that experience like for you? Amazing, man. It was like a dream come true. Uh, like I, I'd say one, uh, the director there, uh, Chris, is I've worked with some really great directors, really great writers. Um, he is by far, uh, I know I probably shouldn't say this, like so far he is one of my favorites. Like he is just so collaborative, so genuine, nice. Like him and I communicate like like friends even now. Like we text each other probably last week, um, literally just checking in on each other. Um, I get excited when he, he brought me back for this year's two hours last year. He brought me back for this year. Um, and I got to do a couple scenes in this year's game too. So I probably shouldn't have said that's a spoiler, but he'll be back. Junior will be back. Um, but yeah, man, um, the, the experience was amazing. I, like I got to work with some actors that I'm a big fan of Jimon, um, uh, Jesse Williams, uh, Murray Enos, the, the list goes on Michael K. Williams. I mean, like, like Omar coming. So like, it's just, it's just, it's so many like actors that I'm a fan of and I've been a fan of for so many years to, to work with them and share this, that space with them was amazing. And then while doing it was something that like, I'm so passionate about uh, basketball while combining something that I'm not too good at anymore, but I used to be really nice at which was, uh, video games. Um, so you combine all three of those things. It was like three things I love. Uh, and it was, it was a dream come true, man. Like it, it, it doesn't get better than that. How many Omar jokes did you get off on, on Michael K? Oh, every time he came on set in the morning, I said, Omar come. <laughs> like literally that was just to say Omar come. He was just black. Like, so and Michael K. So, so genuine and chill, man. Like I like, he, he, he did me a solid for an audition, man. And all he told me to do was pay it for it. So he's, he's a real genuine dude, man. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for work with him. Did working on 2K like help you grow as an actor? Did that experience add to your versatility? I believe so. I believe it did help me grow as an actor just because of the fact that uh, every, every day was so much dialogue, so many pages we had to get through because there's so many different branches that like, could possibly happen if someone chooses A, B, or C. Uh, while working with these opposite, these great actors. So like I was forced to kind of get put in a rhythm of like your memorization has to be great. Um, your performance has to be great the first time and you got to nail it and just keep it going um, because you're not going to sit here and work this scene for two hours. It's not happening. Um, which are, you're just not going to have that space. You got to get it, get it, get it, get it right and get move on to the next one, man. So 2K was probably a, actors boot camp that I, I would highly recommend for somebody if you ask every lead actor at 2k they would like, oh yeah it was an actors boot camp was um being in nba 2k like your version of hoop dreams it was i would definitely say it was my version of hoop dreams just because i got to like combine i was never gonna make it to league i'm tall but i ain't that tall i, I was good but i ain't that good so like i'm i'm six mm -hmm. three and I, i'm nice but i ain't kevin durant or else you would have seen me playing with kevin durant so like so it was it was my version of being able to live out some version of like draft night, going to the league, the all those things, man, that that you know, we all wanna experience or all dream of experiencing. I got to experience it on that level. Who's your go to team with and um two K? Do you play with with a set team or do you like play on randoms like like the real ones do? Well, for a minute it was it was the Clippers. When I when I need to win, I go with the Clippers. 
but like, yeah. <laughs> so that's just because like, you know, Kawhi and PG were just, they just tough to, to go. I could always get a bucket with one of them. But now recently, like if, if we're playing randoms, it don't matter. But like when I need to get a win, it was the Clippers. So where would you rank your 2K game? Like starter, all-star, superstar, or Hall of Fame? Superstar. I ain't Hall of Fame no more. Like I don't I didn't call some epic, I didn't call some L's. I don't call some L's. So so I can't say uh Hall of Fame no more, man. But I'm I'm definitely not a novice. Cause I'm I I I would say back in the day, and I say like 16, 17, 2K, I was a Hall of Fame. But then like I took like a few years off and just didn't play it. And then when I got it. I started playing it again when I got the roster. I playing it again, so I had to build up that 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 skill set again. But I, I was I was nice at first. I was nice. The same here, man. When I like started covering the league full time, like I had to stop playing because it was just too much for me. But like yeah. during the pandemic, I, but during the pandemic, I had picked back up. I had picked back up on it, and but now I'm back at um superstar. So yeah, you know? yeah, you'll fall off, and then you can get it back kind of quick. But get to the hall mm -hmm. of. To get to where you can beat the the randoms like in a in a competition head of competition, man, because it's it's some nice players out there. You know, I could I can play with just about any team but the Knicks. Like I just can't do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I feel you. I try. I'm not I can't. I ain't I ain't a, I ain't a Nick guy either, man. Can't do it. <laughs> you know, you know, um which two K game do you think is the best? Cause in my opinion, nothing will ever touch two thousand and eleven. The one with Jordan was on the cover. Oh yeah, that, I mean that was a that was a dope one. That was a dope one. That was that was probably one of my favorites. I like the what was that 2016 like or 17. There was another one with Kobe. Kobe was on the cover originally. It was a Michael B. Jordan was the oh yeah the my player 15 maybe 15 16. I don't remember which one, but yeah, that one was good too. What was like the first hoop game that you played? Because to me, like I got baptized with with NBA Live for the first PlayStation. Mine was NBA Live '95. That was the first. Oh, that was the good very one. first. That was the first video game I played. Basketball video game I played. You know what? That's a lie. I played Double Dribble. I played Double Dribble, and then NBA Live '95 was the one I fell in love with. And then, um, then there was another one. Um, what was the one? It was the, it was a two NBA, two on two player, two on two in your arcade, NBA Jam. That was the next one, NBA Jam, the arcade game, man. That one was fire. So like those are probably the first three that like stand out to me because uh, Live ninety five was at the crib, NBA Jam was at the, like go to the arcade and play that one. You know, my first one was the one with with um, Antoine Walker when he was on the cover. I think that was ninety nine. Oh yeah, one, yeah, one of them too. Oh okay, okay, yeah. No, I remember it. It was another game on there too. I can't remember. Not two K, not live. I don't know. I think it was like Sega Dreamcast. We had somebody here or whatever. I, yeah, I used to be a game. I used to be a game. And they had um, NBA Showtime too. That had like a little yeah, a, sh a short run out there. Yeah, that was one NBA Showtime. I think that was the one NBA Showtime. And mm -hmm. then um, live had a nice long run. And then now two K just took it over. I feel bad about live, man. Like, if they it was going to die, the they should have just like killed it and just just let it be instead of giving people false hope because because I think live kind of set the table for for two K. 
Yeah, they they did. They definitely set the table on what what game gaming experience should be like. Um, I don't know what's going on with live or or why I can't. But they every time they think they're about to try to do a game, it just falls apart. So I, I don't know what the what they're. That's why two K is just alone. They they just stand it. They don't have nobody compete. Yeah, but it's good though. You know, um, Ronnie Two K. He's famous for giving players ratings, and then yesterday. It was a whole big fuss about, you know, this player was rated too low, this guy was rated too high. Like, which rating would you give yourself as a 2K player in real life? As a 2K player in real life? Ooh. If I'm playing against, if I'm playing against NBA level talent? No, or just yeah. in general. Oh, in general? Yeah. Uh, a eight. Somewhere between 86 and 88. I'm real because this player is – I'm not in my prime anymore, though. Like, I like I can still dunk, but I can't dunk like I used to be able to dunk. So, like, if you take me in my prime, I was probably, like, mm -hmm. against – probably, like, a 94, 93, 94. My handles was nice. My jumper was nice. And I was, I was a good athlete. Not great, but a very good athlete. So, so how many points are you giving us at the um, NBA All-Star Celebrity Game? Like, give me your stat line. 35, 8, and 2. And the 2 is the, two is the assist because I'm not passing. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it. if they invite me there, I'm, I'm going to drop 30-plus in, in, uh, in, in uh, uh, the celeb game. I've I seen a comp for the um, for the celeb game, and I think I could go out there and put up a good 15 to 20. Yeah, it's not – that's why I was it's not heavy comp, man. And, and, and it'd be like Justin Bieber. I'm like Kevin Hart. I'm like, uh, I get Kevin Hart buttons. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's nice, but he's short. So I give him, I just like low block all day. Who's the best or worst like celebrity hooper that you've been around? Best might be my boy, uh, Rome Flynn. He was on a did drumline with me. For those that like, he can go. He can go. Like, I think there's not many celeb hoopers that are better than him like he's really nice like he's nice he don't play no defense and like, he, he can tell him mm -hmm. i said said that too he don't play no defense but like he's nice you know you know to me like the best dude i think or well the best actor that can hoop is um i can't remember his real name right now but the, um but the guy from coach carter and he played in the hoop movie too with um with with fredro stark too I can't remember his name to save my life now. I'm trying to think he, of who, who he He played in Sunset Park. He was the point guard. Sunset Park, the point. Fred, not Fred. So it's Coach Carter was the one with Sam L. Jackson. So you, the only yeah. who I remember from that is Channing, Channing Tatum, the dude with the pro. He was he Latino was the dude. dude. Oh, I think I know you're talking about. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, I think I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but dude yeah. is legit, though. I seen him play okay. and like dudes getting people buckets and dude and dude been playing a 16 year old for like 30 years now. So salute to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my agent, man. That's dope. <laughs> All right. So earlier you mentioned the Clippers as your go-to team. Is that your team in real life? No, no. Real life. Oh, it's the Pistons. Pistons. I'm from Detroit. So mm -hmm. it's definitely Pistons. And then um, I kind of cheer for, the teams were my favorite players also currently i'm kind of torn man like 
I like Giannis, but then I like KD, then I like LeBron. So like, yeah. But like when Kobe was around, it was always Kobe. It was always Kobe. So so like those just kind of like flip around a little bit. I'm trying to I'm trying to find another player to attach my attach my loyalty to. Like I had Kobe. I was like, but ain't nobody really grabbed me like that yet. Hey man, in about an, another year or two, Cade Cunningham might be that dude for you. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so because then I get best of both worlds. I get to cheer for my hometown squad as well as my favorite player. I hope he shows me shows me some stuff. I've seen like Grant Hill comparisons. I've seen Magic Johnson, LeBron James. You know, those are like pretty um, big shoes for him to fill. But I really hope that he, you know, gets the Pistons to a point where they can, you know, compete for at least a playing spot. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll happen. They got to do some more trades or draft. Probably won't be too many trades, but some drafting. They do some smart drafting, and maybe a maybe a sneaky trade because they. We got a ring in 2004 and had a nice run at Eastern Conference Finals. So we probably would have had more rings than that if we had picked pick Melo so, or Wade or Bosch. Yeah. So, I mean, we can go to – like, you can go to any of those. So we got one ring out of it, but probably could have had, like, three if we had got one of them. But, um, yeah, man, so yeah. I, I think, I think the Pistons will be all right. I think they were the one in 2005 with Melo and then maybe 2007. That's – yeah. That's at least two to three rings right there. Yeah, I think so. And then as Melo ages and gets older and he becomes with the center of the team, you should continue to build around him. So they they'd had it if he didn't leave. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's a we'll see what happened in that that universe, man. It would have been kind of interesting to see a Melo play with the Pistons back then because, you know, um LB was the coach and LB hated, you know, scorers. He hated young players. So I think those two would have clashed after day one. They probably would have clashed, but Melo was so good that like some things are undeniable. Like he, you can get away with not playing Darko. You can get away with not playing some other talent because they're young and maybe they made mistakes. But Melo was like young Melo. It's like there was an argument for the first two, three years who's better, Melo or LeBron. Maybe even a little bit longer. Um, so young, not playing Melo would have got Larry Brown fired. Right, because it had been so obvious that it's personal. It's like not not playing LeBron. You gonna not play LeBron because he's young? Mm-hmm. Nah, like you had to play. Michigan basketball, they're making waves too. Um, like, are you surprised at the job that that Jawan Howard has done so far? Nah, man, because he's he's Michigan royalty. Uh, so if you know anything about the Fab Five, you are gonna listen to him. If you know anything about the mm-hmm. culture and the impact that they made on basketball, and you know how he he did had a nice career in the league too. But if you know anything about the Fab Five and and, and you're from the and generally speaking, people do, uh, especially in from the Midwest, he gonna have a lot of pull when he when he says come on to Michigan. So you're gonna at least think about it. So he's he's I'm not surprised at all. You know, would you be surprised if like the NBA team, you know, made a run at Juwan and you know gave him the bag, or do you like see him as a Michigan lifer? I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA team made a run at him but for his but i i think he's a michigan lifer i think it would be a good i mean it's also his his career so i can't tell him but i think like his it's kind of coming back to your roots and like just putting your stamp on michigan program again so um and plus like i said he he carries a lot of weight with with that age group college players so i think he'd be very he'd be safe safe and um people would really listen to him you know you guys been close to winning the national championship 
a few times, you know, last decade. You um, do you think like a title would like solidify his Hall of Fame status, or is he a Hall of Famer? You know, just because of his well, NBA career and college career. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Basketball Hall of Fame is college and you know incorporates everything. High school can mm-hmm. even include high school, I believe. So college and, and NBA, I think he's a Hall of Famer, man. And um, it's just. So he doesn't a ring would solidify it, but I think based upon the two careers combined, you know, back to back trips to the championship as a freshman and sophomore, and then a Sweet Sixteen appearance as a junior before going to the league, like he's good, <laughs> like he's good. Mm-hmm. Were you happy to see Jalen Rose and C Web squash their beef? Yeah, man, it was, it was really good. It's, it shows that like you know time can, can heal a lot of wounds, man. I don't know what happened with their friendship, but uh. And that, frankly, is, you know, we make it a lot of our business, but it's really not. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just happy to see that they squashed it all, man, and they go back so far that, that they're able to put it all behind them. See, Webb, he finally got the nod for the Hall of Fame, and this is something that's, like, it's long overdue. Yeah, long overdue, man. Like, why do you think long it took overdue. so long? Just because of the stuff that happened in college. Just because of the stuff that happened in college. And everybody – Everybody suspects. I won't say no, but everybody leans towards the mm-hmm. fact that he took some took some money. But nobody knows except for I guess the people that were there. And uh, I think it's just one of those things. College athletes deserve to be paid, man. And I think we're moving yeah. towards that direction. Yep. And they finally got their bag now. Like, do you think if the Fab Five was around today, or or if they had like the new rules that they just inst- that they just inst- instilled today? back then how well do you think the fab five would have done you know on the retail market marketing oh that, that, it'd have been crazy they they were the branding the black socks the baggy shorts the bald heads like the, the way they play with attitude the way they was winning um there was all like freshmen so like that was the first time he started offering they'd have killed the market like it, it was nothing like it. hey and if and if they were getting paid you know maybe c web stays another year and maybe they get that title yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think they ultimately get that title. It'd be too good. Everybody that could have possibly beat them was gone. Like, they was too young the first time they got blew out in the championship. The second time they just made some mistakes at the end. The third time, I think Leitner and all those Leitner was gone, and, and UNLV that team was yeah. They, there was nobody that would have hung around with them. Because of the Fab Five influence on basketball culture, do you think that they should? Go into the Hall of Fame as a group because you know I think that would be a something dope. Be good. I just don't know if they. I don't know if they've ever done that. There's a precedent of that, and then the other mm-hmm. players. I don't know how their careers have turned out in terms of putting the group in their roles. Rose had a nice career. Jalen Rose. I'm not sure about the other guys if their careers were um, strong enough to go Hall of Fame. That's a that's a big step. Hey Amen. The Fat Five. They set a precedent, you know, as a group as players. So, uh, so like I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. So before we go, I want to play start bench cut with you. We'll do like a few rounds and then um and then we'll start with um with with video games. All right, so we have start bench cut, NBA Live, NBA 2K, and NBA Jam. Start NBA Live. Uh no, start NBA 2K. Uh bench. NBA Jam, cut NBA Live. All right. All right. So the next one is college basketball. So we have 
Same thing, start, bench, cut. We have the Fab Five. We have UNLV with Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony, that group. And we have um, the Kentucky team that went undefeated, the one with um, with Cat and Devin Booker on it. Oh, well, you cut that team. You cut that <laughs> team. You start to Fab mm-hmm. Five, and the UNLV team is on the bench. Nobody's beating the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. Man, I just copped some some shorts from you and LV, some retro shorts. Man, them things are fire. Like those mm. Arkansas and St. John's, I just love that color red. Mm, yeah. All right, man. So I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I enjoy talking movies, hoops, 2K. What's next for you? Just my next project, man, um, on NBC, um, American Auto. It'll probably premiere in February, maybe January next year on NBC. It's the office comedy in the same vein as the office Office comedy, the same game as office, yeah. And then uh, Superstore as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of good laughs, uh, good chemistry between the cast, man. And it's, uh, it's it's very, very funny, man. I'm really lucky to be a part of that. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks again for your time. All right, brother. Have a good one, man.